everyone. Welcome to Finishing Well Podcast. Um, we are focused on seniors, and uh, we are glad to have you with us today. My name is Randy Hess, and I'm here with Hal Habaker, the founder of Finishing Well Ministries. Good morning, Hal. How are you doing? Good morning, Randy. Great to see you, and great to have our listeners with us this morning an important topic. Uh, you know, today we finished we finished the six of our six essentials. They are grow, connect, love, invest, be available, planning ahead. You can go back and listen to anyone if you're listening to us for the first time today. Uh, we're at finishingwellministries.org forward slash podcast. So you can pick them up there. And today we are talking about the last essential. It is this. I will plan ahead for when I'm gone. And we're talking about the issue of the end of life, our death, when we won't be here anymore. God has appointed all of our days, Psalm 139, uh, verse 16. Every one of them were written. God knows them the first day, the last day. So what this sixth essential is, is talking about the last day, days, the last season of our life. So let me uh, just introduce this right away with a biblical frame of reference. So a couple of verses I want you to think about. Ecclesiastes 7.1, the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. Why is that? You know, on the day of your death, you can look at a person's life. You know, I have had several close friends die in the past couple of weeks, and you know what their life is when you look back across it and they're not here. So living our days means developing a perspective of what we want to be because our days are going to finish and we have to purpose how we finish, how, uh, what the impact of our lives is. Ecclesiastes 7, uh, verse 2 says, it's better to go to the house of mourning than to a house of feasting, because therein is the end of every man, and the living takes it to heart. You know, we, we live with the end in view. It makes a huge difference if, if we see the end of our lives and live backwards. You know, I, I think of the Apostle Paul, 2 Timothy 4, 7, where Paul says at the end of his life, I have fought the fight, the good fight. I have completed the course and I have kept the faith. So Paul looked at the end of his life and said, how do I want to finish? I want to finish well. I want to do everything that God put me here to do as best I can with his spirit. Now, I want to give you an example of a guy in the Bible who did exactly what we're talking about. If you would look in Genesis chapter 50, the, the person of Joseph is a critical example. He's a wonderful example of a man who lived all of his life and he saw the end of it coming. And let me tell you what he does. He does a couple things that I think are really critical. First of all, he put his life in perspective for his family. I don't want to recount his story, but as you remember, and at the age of 17, he was sold into slavery by his family but he, by his brothers, but he kept in perspective between age 17 and he died at 110. Golly, that's 
you know, 93 years later, he puts all that in perspective for his family. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So at the end of your life, or as we live nearer to the end of our lives, are we putting our lives in perspective for our kids, our grandkids, and those around us? You know, are we telling our story of God's faithfulness in our lives and why we're here? That's one thing Joseph did. Every one of us needs to do it. We need to tell our story. We need to write it down. We, we need to have it there for people, pass it on from generation to generation. The second thing Joseph did, he planned for his death. <laughs> this is funny. You know, I, I'm not funny. I mean, it's serious. He made decisions about his death and what would happen to his body. You know, they embalmed it, and he said, I want you to carry my body back to Shechem, where he was buried, by the way, 400 years later. But he, he took assessment of where his body needed to be. You, you know, what, what are you going to do with your body when you die? Are you going to bury it? Are you going to cremate it? Or how are you going to talk to people about this? Are you going to make plans for it? Or are you going to die and simply let your family say, well, do whatever they want to do with me. I'm just an old carcass, you know, or are you going to will your body to a medical center to be, you know, learn? I mean, it was just a whole assortment of things about what are you going to do after you're gone? Are you going to give your family any kind of an idea of what you want for a memorial service? Who's to be involved? Some of your values. I mean, all those kinds of things. And then I want to say the, uh, the last thing Joseph did in being an example for planning ahead, he gave his family hope. You know, if you look at verses 24 and 25 in Genesis 50, he says twice, surely God will take care of you. <laughs> you know, I want to say as a Christian dad, as a Christian man, one of the messages I want to give to my family and those around me is this. Keep putting your faith and trust in God. He will take care of you just as he has taken care of me. So, I mean, that, that's an overall picture. I mean, there are a lot of issues in this. Uh, do I have all of the legal documents and, uh, you know, finished? You know, whether it's wills, trust, uh, uh, medical directives, I, I mean, all kinds of things. And COVID has really made all those things even more important in our lives because uh, the uncertainty of life, but it's always there. James 4 says, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. So my point in planning ahead for when we're gone is to take into account the things that ought to be done before we finish this life as best we can. Now, we don't know when that day will be, but you know, right now you can do, you can start planning ahead. You can cover these bases. You can tell your story. You can relate it to your kids. You can write it down. You can make decisions about your death. What do you want to happen, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of a framework. And just one last personal thing, you know, as a pastor for all of my life, you, you know, too many people don't do this. I end up helping people think through issues and families. And I want to say, I wish people would pay more attention to this. So that's kind of the framework on, I will plan ahead for when I'm gone. The last of the six essentials, Randy. This is a critical essential, Hal, um, for seniors, isn't it? Critical. I think it really is. And it's not as if the scriptures don't give us any encouragement. Uh, you, you know, our culture 
has a, you know, Ernest Becker back in 1961 wrote a Pulitzer Prize winning book called The Denial of Death. It's a book that impacted me back in my college years, if you can believe it or not. I mean, just how you think ahead about these kinds of things. And we live in a culture that says, you know, I really don't think about, I, I don't need to think about the end of my life. I don't need to think about death. And all of a sudden it's there. You know, I still think of Larry King interviewing Billy Graham, you know, two decades ago. And Larry asked Billy, uh, you know, all your years of ministry, is there anything that stands out? He says, why don't you think about that? We'll take a break and come back. And Billy says instantly, I don't need to take a break, Larry. Let me tell you, the most significant thing to me is the brevity of life. You're here and you're gone. Life goes just like that. So anticipate it, plan for it, and uh, plan for when you won't be here anymore. Well, it certainly is something that seniors, uh, if they haven't grasped the importance of it, it's essential that they do and uh, understand why. And I, I think you really provided them a good foundation for that, Hal, in this, in the, in the way you presented this essential. Um, I think people do though, often nod their heads that yes, uh, I believe that. And I believe uh, that, you know, after I'm escorted into heaven, uh, that uh, things need to be handled properly uh, in my family and in my situation. Uh, but unfortunately, I think there's also a sense that many of them feel that I can leave that pretty much to my to my survivors and my heirs, and and let them let them. It's I'll be gone. Let them deal with it. Um. So, what is finishing well Ministries saying about that attitude, Hal? That, um, yes, it's important. Yes, something will have to, decisions will have to be made, but I'll be gone. So let those who are surviving make those decisions. Well, my thought is you don't find that mentality true in scripture at all. I mean, even the verses that I quoted from Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon, I believe. You know, he saw the end of his life and he looked at it and he said, I need to leave wisdom for the last days of one's life for those who are following me. And I think that's the message of Ecclesiastes. At whatever age, how do you look at every day and how do you look at the end of your life? You know, Ecclesiastes 12, the first seven verses is the most descriptive poem presentation of the last days of life as any form of literature I know. I mean, it's critical that we think about that. You know, and I think of Jesus, he, he spent his whole life looking at the end. That's why he came. He came to die for our sin and give his own life as a servant, you know, in that death. So, uh, you know, Hebrews 12, you know, we're surrounded by a whole host of saints watching us finish our lives. So I want to look at Jesus. I want to look to people like Abraham, 
you know, Isaac, Jacob. I mean, we have the records of these. You go to Joshua 24 and you have the record of how Joshua finished his life at, at age 110 again. I mean, you have these examples. You have David. Uh, I mean, you just go right through the scriptures. They're there for anyone to see and uh, for us to take note of and to do the things that are essential for us in covering our bases. And I don't think it's it's fair to say, well, I'm going to die and let my kids or my spouse or whatever make all those decisions. That's not being responsible to what God has given us as our assignment and seeing our lives. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. <clears throat> Just it, it it is overcoming some some biases, though, or maybe some barriers, if you want to call it that. How to um, to doing this because there are many seniors who do not feel comfortable or just don't want to think about these things. They feel like that's something I can't deal with. And I guess we simply are trying to say we're, we want to encourage you to say that's part of what finishing well means part of leaving a legacy of trying to take care of as many things about you, about myself as I can possibly do. Is that correct? That is correct. And let me tell you, you know, you watch families just the way I have watched families all my life. It makes it so much easier on families who survive if the one who is deceased and goes to heaven before everybody else covers his or her bases and uh, leaves a legacy in this mm-hmm. area, not only with their whole mm-hmm. life, but in this these final months, weeks, days, years. Mm-hmm. And finishing our course well, I think that's part of our ministry, encouraging older people to finish well. Well, one more example, you know, J.I. Packer uh, went to be with the Lord earlier uh, last summer, 2020. He wrote a book three years before he died. It may have been a little more than three years, and it called Finishing Our Course with Joy. You know, his philosophy was, I want to finish well. I want to go out with everything I can. I want to cover all my bases, and I want to leave a legacy to encourage everybody else to do the same thing. And, you know, that's what he did with his life. Um, I, and they're great examples for us, around us, in Scripture, in history, and in the church. It's awesome. So let's talk about the uh, some of the particulars of this, Hal, for just a moment. Uh, there, you mentioned that there are different aspects to how we can finish well with 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 our death and with um, with what we leave for other people. Um, legal things could be part of that. How to administer things? Am I correct? That's part of it. Exactly. Uh, Make sure your how, wills are current. Yes, for all of us. So there's documents involved in this. There is the the how I want to actually uh, pass away. Is there not how I want that process to go? Do I have the documents for that? Do I have a living will? Do I you know? Do I have what do I have in that area? Uh, and then the how do I want to be buried? Uh, if that's what I want, or cremated, um, and then the the, what do I want for my memorial? What do I want if there is a, and I have to assume a lot of, a lot of us might kind of say, I don't really, 
I don't care what anybody says at my memorial. You know, I'm I'm smiling down at them. I don't need to worry about it. But it's probably important to provide some kind of input, is it not, to your spouse, to your loved ones, to your family, to someone close to you about what you'd like to have in that in that service. Is that true? I believe it is true. I, I think you, you're the one who can make those decisions better than anybody else. And I believe that we ought to have those kinds of discussions with our spouse and our adult kids and leave some things written down and saying, this is what I want. You can change it because I may not be here, but I don't want to leave you aimless. There I don't want go. to leave you wondering, well, how do we honor dad or mom or, or grand, whatever. I mean, I think those are areas where we need to take the initiative and figure them out and as best we can under the spirit of God. Yep. Yeah. We're not asking uh, for each of us to uh, write specific words to put in people's mouths. Are we, we're just saying we want, we want them to think through the overall process that they want to have used for their uh, memorial and their uh, how they're remembered and uh, what happens to their specific remains. Let, so, let me give you let me give you another illustration of this. I have a good friend who went to be with the Lord some years ago here in Dallas. He was a very successful Christian businessman by the name of Fred Smith. <laughs> he planned his memorial service, and part of his memorial service was a ten minute video that they played at his service where he was speaking to the congregants who were there. He spoke to his family. He spoke to his wife. He spoke, uh, well, no, he didn't speak to his wife. His wife predeceased him, I think, Uh, but he spoke to his kids. He spoke Mm -hmm. to everybody there. And it is marvelous. Every time I speak on this sixth essential, I show Fred's video as an example. You You don't have to do it. Uh, and by the way, thinking about details, all the details of your life, like all your accounts, you know, all, I mean, somebody, there should be a record of all of that somewhere that anybody could easily access or people in your family in, in covering your bases at the end of life. Yes. That's so, so for families, uh, for kids, grandkids, other family members, it's, it is important, isn't it, how for your your specific possessions, whatever they are, they can be few or they can be many. But that if you have a will uh, for that those possessions to be distributed in a certain way are heirlooms going to, I'll call them heirlooms, what uh, important things to go to certain people that have uh, mentioned them in the past or you've talked with them about them it's probably important to get those things out there too, somewhere written down. Is it not? Well, it is. If any of your kids want them, you know, most yeah. of our kids don't want our stuff today right. in that sense. And I don't mean right. to cavalier about it, but they're just different value systems. Right. So, but yes, but, but if there is something that has been in a previous discussion, that's what we're talking about too, is just making sure that you are planning for the idea that this transition uh, could be smoother if I help it. Absolutely. What we don't want is some of the things that, that you, I think, have seen and other uh, friends of ours who have been funeral directors have seen in families uh, that do not do this. 
And uh, the legacy then, no matter what I tried to make my life about, uh, can turn pretty ugly and bitter, can it not? Boy, it can. And you can see a lot of that on end-of-life issues as kids and families may quickly argue over who has what, et cetera, et cetera. Now, before we finish, Randy, I want to add one more quick thought. Uh, and like we said, this is an immense topic. So I just we just want to whet your appetite for this today. You, you know, one of the things we, we're going to heaven as believers, Jesus says, I go ahead to prepare a place for you that when I come again, you may be there. In John 17, 24, he prays that you may be in my home with my father. So there is this whole conversation about heaven, which we ought to be having as we age. And I like to ask people, I said, when's the last time you've had a conversation with somebody, your spouse or a group of friends or your Bible study about heaven and anticipating it? What will it be like? You know, Randy Alcorn has really helped us. He's written some marvelous books, but his are not the only ones. There's some great things out there. And I think Jesus wants us to think about being with him and what heaven might be like. And the scriptures have much to say about this. So as part of planning for when we won't be here is our own anticipation of being with Jesus and what it might be like to be in that world with him. So that, that's a final point in our planning ahead for when we won't be here. Though All those conversations about wrapping up life and about our next life. Does that make sense? It does. And that's really an awe-inspiring thought process for those of us to go through it, uh, to think about that, to think about the fact that we are saved, that we're going to be there with Jesus. And what is that going to be like? It just is a tremendously, it, 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 it's a way to have some joy expect, expectantly, isn't it, Hal? Boy, it really is. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, I has not seen nor has ear heard. We cannot imagine all that God has planned for those who love him. So anyways, I, Randy, I've really enjoyed going through these six essentials with you. Uh, the importance of growing, connecting, loving, investing, being available, and yes, planning ahead, taking a realistic assessment of our lives and closing the deal, you might say. I mean, it's the final capstone of life which Joseph illustrates, Joshua. I mean, you go right through the scriptures. It's so rich and planning ahead. So, you know, I encourage anyone listening to go to finishingwellministries.org forward slash podcast and uh, keep sharing these with others if they've been helpful to you. And if you have thoughts about what you'd like to see us address in these ongoing podcasts, uh, we're looking forward to 2021. Uh, working together, Randy, with you and who knows others and how God will open availability in ways that we haven't even thought of yet in this. So, Randy, my hat's off to you and I appreciate you very, very much. Thanks, Al. Thanks. Appreciate that. Okay. Take care. God bless. And we'll see you on our next podcast. Have a good day.